This is the best, most fun I have ever, ever, ever had on a podcast. This is a hit. I'm Jesse Cole, your host of Business Done Differently, where we get to meet successful people who look at business differently, and we get to know them in a different way. We're seeing a lot of disruptive changes with regards to technology today, changing the game of how people conduct business globally. Today, we have Darren Jacklin on the Business Done Differently podcast. Darren's a world-class professional speaker, corporate trainer, philanthropist, investor, and best-selling author. And Darren has trained over 1 million people in 46 countries on how they can increase their income and turn their passion into profits. And Darren, correct me wrong, but you're also the co-founder of Solaris Private Islands. You know, we're building some private islands right now in the uh, Bahamas. Right? So, that's so, sort of a bunch of famous movie stars. That's amazing because I told my wife that and she goes, Jesse, you really need to be nice to him today. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like am I normally mean to our guests, Emily? Of course, I'm going to be nice to him. But she's like, that's amazing. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit. But obviously, you're doing so many amazing things. I want to start with the first segment, excited or scared. What has you either excited or scared today? I would say the opportunity with the internet today to reach and serve vast amounts of people and to be location independent and live life virtually on your own time. So traditionally, a lot of bricks and mortar businesses today in corporate America, corporate Canada, whether it's in the real estate, finance services, whatever industry you're in, we have so much today because of technology, we can be wherever we want. So we're more efficient, we're eco-friendly, and we can leverage a lot more time and multiply time because we don't have to be bound in traffic or in a bricks and mortar building anymore. Outstanding. How are you using that today? Are you just constantly using your technology to get out in more places? I do. And I also serve on a publicly traded company called EXP Realty, which is across North America on the board of directors. And we've actually disrupted the real estate industry. We have over 7,000 agents across North America, fastest growing real estate company on the North American continent. And we don't use any bricks and mortar. So the licensed agents don't have to be stuck in rush hour traffic and spend more quality time with their children. They earn a lot more money because of the business model and their equity owners. So, uh, uh, we're seeing a lot of disruptive changes with regards to technology today, changing the game of how people conduct business globally. I love it. Love it. All right. We got to go into the story of my life because I am fascinated by your story. story Explain this, but you went from Rent-A-Kid to now owning islands. Explain a little bit your story and how you've kind of to where you are now. You know, it's been an incredible journey. It's been a roller coaster, a lot of peaks and valleys, highs and lows, days I want to quit up, quit and give. Um, self-taught, self-educated, you know, was quite a backstory if you, you check it out online at DarrenJackson.com. But really, the, the thing is, I'm 45 years of age now. majority of my life was wanting to prove something to society, prove to my parents, prove that I was good enough and smart enough and worthy enough. So I was driven internally by my ego and arrogance to really strive to become somebody better because all my life I was put down by the school system and by people in society saying that you're crazy, you're a nut bar, you're a wing, wing job, all these different kinds of things, these different crazy language words that people say. So a lot of it was trying to prove myself. And then once I got to a level of my life and I hired therapists and coaches and mastermind groups, I started to take an inside look at myself realizing, okay, it's an inside job. And so we're taught like if people are in business or they're going to school now that success is something you go out in the world to pursue. It's not true. It's not accurate. Success is not something you go out in the world to pursue. Success is something you uh, you attract by the person that you become. So when you walk into a trade show or a conference or in for a job interview or into a meeting or for a date, are you an attractive person? Are you attracting or repelling people? 
So I didn't realize early on that, you know, I thought, oh, I had to go to school and get the academic marks. I was not good in school. I thought I had to learn and memorize things and regurgitate information. Really, it's not. It's about your own self-discovery of your own journal. Today, I'll give an example what we're going to see disruptive now going forward in the next couple of years with a lot of men and women coming to college university is they're taught in school today to go out and create a resume or a CV. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Human resource departments around the world, what they're looking at now is they Google search you. They do their due diligence. They research you online or they hire someone to do it for you as a third-party company. And they're looking at your public profile line to see how many people are following you on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat and other social media platforms. And they look at you by profiling you to see what type of human being are you? What's your personality? What's your background? And if you have a huge following of people publicly on social media, you're an asset in that corporation because you're like a brand ambassador. So when you come to that job, let's for example, we'll just make up a company, Best Buy, for example. Okay? It's a well-known brand. So you want to work at Best Buy on the store and you want to be in sales. So if somebody comes to you and if you've got a public following and you're somebody out there socializing on social media, then people will recognize you. You'll say, that, hey, I'm going to work at Best Buy as you talk about that. And to that, that's a return on investment to the company. So people have to be mindful going forward that just because they've done things for so long doesn't mean it's going to be that way all the time and permanently. You have to adjust with the tides. It's kind of like the ocean. You have to adjust with the tides of change. And we're seeing a lot of disruptive things happen over the next couple of years with technology and the way business is done and conducted globally. But remember, at the end of the day, we're still in the people business. I love it. What's the most important thing we should know about you? Most thing about me is that, uh, you know what, I'm a person, I would say I'm very optimistic 90% of the time. 10% of the time, you don't want to be around me. And I would say I'm the type of person when I, you know, I'm on a board of directors or an advisory board or I'm consulting or training to people that I don't give up. I am very stubborn in regards to perseverance. And I see things that people don't see. I'm kind of like Wayne Gretzky in hockey. I can see where the puck is going to be before the puck is actually even there. Mm. And it's a skill set. I think it's street smarts that I've got. And it's a way of survival for me. I learned to survive when I was being put down by so many people growing up as a kid that I had to survive that way. So I had to be you know, very strategic and, and see things that were invisible before they became visible. How are you? I got to deep dive in this. How are you able to do this? How have you been able to see things on where they're going? You bet you, one is energy, being able to read and totally uh, feel energy within the environment, mm-hmm. uh, see trends that are happening. Um, notice things in terms of, you know, human consciousness, awareness is a big thing. Uh, watching what the masses of the public are doing and then going the other way. Uh, seeing where they're stuck, seeing where they're indecisive, seeing where their analysis problems, where they're confused. And then having this innate ability to see, okay, like, like I, I serve on a number of different advisory boards and boards of directors of yeah. public and private companies. Yeah. And I'll be in some of these meetings and we'll be in a deep discussion with different people in the room, whether it's in person or it's virtual. And I will bring up something with people. And sometimes it goes against the other members that are on the advisory board or board of directors. They, they don't agree. But then I walk them through methodically or I provide evidence or documentation or research to support that. And I say, just allow yourself to trust the process. And then all of a sudden they say, wow, you know what? Yeah, that can happen in the next two years. <laughs> so it's kind of like sports. We run a different play down the football field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's what, if you look at hockey, you look at sports, professional sports, it's all about strategy and execution and then results. 100%. And it's just, I just have a skill set, just like when I was a kid with my rent kid business, you know, I'd wake up, I grew up in a middle income family, I always say to myself, who's got my money and where is it? Now, I wasn't worried about money, I just wanted to get money from my neighbors 
so I can go out and buy a new bicycle or buy something as a kid. So, so, let's so explain, I just will solve the problem. So let's actually briefly explain the rent a kid who doesn't see that because you started at seven years old. Is that correct? Started seven years old in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, Canada, a little community of less than 20,000 people in population. And I would go out and knock on doors and, and, and just cut people's grass, shove people's sidewalks in the wintertime, shovel the snow. And I would deliver the newspaper six days a week. And I would just go around my neighborhood solving people's problems that had busy lives. And that's what we want. There's no shortage of money in the world. You just got to become creative in solving problems for people, right? There's a lot of people, for example, that live in, for example, people watch right now and say, hey, Darren, I want to sell up my name. I want to make more money. Well, who in your neighborhood right now hates grocery shopping? Yeah. Go have conversations with people and say, I'm going to the Costco. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to Whole Foods. Why don't I, I got a minivan. Why don't I grab groceries for you and charge you 20 bucks for delivery? I love it. Right? There's lots of creative ways that you can solve people's problems at your workplace, your school. Um, you know, I used to do things in school. I used to I used to sell things at school. My Halloween candy. I didn't want to eat all my Halloween candy. So I go trick or treat. I come with the reverse, come back to school, and I would sell my Halloween candy out of my locker at my school. Uh, the, the ultimate problem solver. I mean, you seriously have been an entrepreneur since you were seven years old, and people don't realize that they do what they want to do, but is it actually solving a problem? What's that big problem you're trying to solve? And I want to get into this with solving problems as a coach. And we're actually going to go into a sports segment. First one for you, Darren, ever. It's going to be called, put, <laughs> it's going to be called put me in coach. All right. And for instance, I have never had a true business coach. I don't know if anyone would coach a guy in a yellow tuxedo, let alone. But the reality <laughs> is, I think so many people haven't had coaches maybe they're afraid to make that jump and i would say like what would you offer as some advice not to only you know become learn from a coach but also what would be some advice you'd offer as a coach right away for someone well I, i'm not i'm not a popular coach because i tell people what they need to hear versus what they want to hear so people like the fluff or they want the sizzle to say i'm not the right guy because i'm very blunt very direct but i'll get you the results that you want that are specific measurable and actionable the key thing is you want to, in terms of somebody finding a coach, there's lots of coaches out there. First thing is you got to do your due diligence. Key thing is, and what I always say to people when I meet people on the street or in public, I say, listen, if you're looking for a coach or a mentor, you want to look two years out. The next go two years and think, where do I want my life to be personally for the next two years? And then start shaking hands with those people who are already living your lifestyle by design. So they've already got the results. So let's for example, we use money because money is easy to measure. Let's for example, you want to earn more money in your job or career, your business. And let's example, you're at you know, $75,000 a year gross income or hundred grand a year, whatever it is, whatever the number is, then find somebody who's at another 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 or a hundred thousand or a million dollars more than you, that you know strategically you can get there in the next 12 to 24 months with a plan and a blueprint plan. Mm -hmm. So then you start to meet these people. So for example, myself, you know, two and a half years ago, I was 68 pounds overweight, living fast food diet, traveling almost 300 days a calendar year globally, okay? Wow. I realized I was starting to get into my 40s. I had to change and course correct my weight because I was going to have some health problems going forward. I could see it going forward if I didn't course correct. So I went out and I would interview different personal fitness trainers, very over intimidating for me because I didn't have any experience in this industry. So I would go to different fitness centers and gyms, meet different men. I wanted a man trainer. And guys would tell me about all their degrees and their certificates. I didn't care about that. What I look at is take your shirt off and show me your show me your abs. Show me your body because I'm a visual learner. Show me your body how many days. Just I'll look at you and if you've got – his results, behavior doesn't lie, right? And, and the thing is if I can look at your body and say, yeah, that guy looks like how I want to be in the next two years, let's sign the contract. Let's get papered up. 
So I met a guy who actually ended up training me, and I went down 61 pounds in 18 months. And my body is transformed now physically. I'm still working on my health because I like to eat junk every now and then. But this guy transformed my life. And this guy was not easy. There was guy, times this guy would yell at me in the gym. There was times he would stop training because the night before I'd go to McDonald's and get a filet of fish, you know, because it was late night. And sometimes I would cheat on my diet that he gave me. And I would go into training. You know, I started at 5 o'clock in the morning with him for one hour, four to five days a week. And he would stop the training because he says, you're not in integrity. Because without integrity, nothing works. So to him, he just the results would change if I wasn't following the plan. And so with a good coach or good mentor or good trainer, you've got to be coachable and teachable. So if you're used to doing things your way, then keep doing their way. And you'll notice <laughs> some results. So like myself, I, I disrupt people's lives because I show them what they don't see in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I also show um, – I always use an analogy that I'm going to show you like with a bit when – I, when I'm on advisory boards, what I do is you know, everybody will study the upside. I show you how to protect the downside and mitigate the risk and liability and exposure. Mm. So my job is to come home, you know, come into your business metaphorically like a corporate trainer or advisor and say, look, your business, I'm going to show you your business like a, a, a boat out in the water. Mm. And my job is to punch as many holes in that boat as possible so that I can make it sink or make it swim. Oh, and because, because if I can punch holes in it and we can patch those holes up, we can make your business more profitable, more successful, more saleable down the road long term. I love it. So it's surround yourself with people that are better than you and then also be self-aware enough to realize all the issues you have and then start from there. Yeah, you betcha. We all have blind spots. Like I, I, have a, I have a therapist that I spend three hours a week on. I hire her. She lives in Mexico City. We do things by Zoom every week. And I spend two to three days per week, early mornings, where she works with me on my inner child work because of my emotional... I'm very smart in business and very successful in figuring out money and investment and all that stuff to strengthen myself. Where I'm weak is my emotional intelligence. I'm still like a seven-year-old little boy who's not emotionally tell, you know, in tune with my emotions because I'm, I perceive a lot as being insensitive. I really care about human beings and people, but I'm very blunt and very direct. And so I have a therapist who I pay to work with to work with my inner child stuff to help me deal with things that are my blind spots that I don't see to help me become more successful in my relationship mm-hmm. and my relationships in business. Oh, so I have help. And yeah, I'm a therapist. <laughs> I have a woman with a PhD who counsels me, you know, three hours a week. Well, A, if you're like a kid, you'll fit very well on this podcast. So that that's number one. And B, you know, I think the great thing is you're showing vulnerability. So many people are scared to show vulnerability of challenges. Even Absolutely. very successful people have challenges. And that's why getting a coach and being, you know, accountable for your weaknesses is worth it. So um I love that. I want to move on to deets about the tweet because Darren, you have a very strong Twitter game. You're constantly posting these motivational uh, tweets out. And I want to talk about two of them. Life's greatest rewards are reserved for those who demonstrate a never ending commitment to act until they achieve. Can you explain that? You betcha for sure. So when it comes to success, you've got to pay full price and you got to pay for it in advance. So for 20 plus years, I've traveled the world. Uh, up until 2015, from 1995 to 2015, majority of the population publicly around the world never heard of Darren Jacklin before, unless you're involved in some major corporation or organization, or is at some trade show or conference or convention guest speaking at, or doing corporate training. Then I realized in the last you know couple of years, I started to build a team and hire a director of operations for Darren Jacklin group companies. So what happens is now publicly, see people see me posting and doing the Darren Jacklin show all over the world, and they're like, oh my gosh. 
who is this guy? So they think I'm an overnight success, but they don't realize they're putting over 20,000 hours and tra traveled over 3,000 qualified miles in the airline industry traveling to learn. Like the stuff that I'm training you on today, we're having this interview, and when I'm on advisory boards, boards of directors, I bring in, you know, I, I, I spent a million dollars of my own money in professional development over the last 25 years. A million dollars. You know, there's times I chose my next meal or I chose reading, buying a book. <laughs> you know, to, to improve my life. There was times where I said, okay, do I delay paying my rent or do I take this seminar workshop or course? Mm. And, you know, what's what's a higher priority? What's the greatest return on my investment? Mm. So when it comes to success, you got to pay full price, you got to pay for it in advance, is that you've got to put in your time before you have the expertise, the credibility, the life experiences. Mm. And there's a lot of people today on the internet today that say they're, and I had a guy the other day who uh, a company called me, HR department called me, and they said, we're researching this guy, and he pitched us to come in and do some training, and he's a world-class speaker. Well, when you go look at him, he's never traveled outside of his state in the U.S. He doesn't have any background, but he's classified as a world-class speaker. Well, world-class speaker is somebody who's traveled multiple countries and trained multiple corporations and organizations around the world over an extended period of time. This guy's been doing it two years, and he's a world-class speaker. So he's out of integrity. It's marketing, but he's not—you know—he's not living what he's teaching people, hmm. and so it's not congruent. Yeah. So you got to pay full price. And so people were just starting off in a—you know—I had a guy yesterday called me up. He says, "I have a startup company, and why aren't people flying to me as investors? Because it's your first startup company. You—you've been an employee all your life in a union environment. Mm -hmm. You got—you had a fallen out with the union. Now you're doing this. You have no credibility. You're high risk because there's three types of money: there's calm money, cautious money, and nervous money." And your money right now is cautious and nervous with investors because you have no experience and you don't have an advisory board. You're doing it all by yourself and you have no financial skin in the game and you don't have nothing to collateralize. It makes so much sense. And, and the great point too early is delayed gratification. You hear that from Absolutely. every successful person. They delay gratification. It's so much easier to do that thing that maybe tastes better or feels better, is more comfortable. But as soon as you get away from that, you'll have much higher grade of gratification. Absolutely. So, love it. All right. I got to go on this other tweet because I heard a little bit, you know, a mixed bag here from you, Darren. I'm going to call you out here because you sure. said you like to call people out, point to holes. But then here's a tweet, which I loved. My goal is to always make people feel better about themselves after any interaction with me. I believe that's contributed immensely to the success I've been blessed with. So you poke holes in, holes in boats of what people are working on. You figure it out, but then yeah. you also make them feel amazing. I'm kind of confused on the balance. And also, yeah. what do you do to make people feel amazing after interacting with you? So consider this. You, in, in life and in business, you're always going to be hugged and you're going to be slugged. You're going to be kissed and you're going to be kicked. And you're going to be supported and you're going to be challenged. Law of duality. So I hug people and I slug people. I kiss people and I kick people and I support and challenge them. But at the end of my interaction is to always level them up and skill them up and empower them to become a greater human being. So as I'm hugging and slugging them and kissing and kicking them and supporting and challenge them, I'm always expanding them to get to come from a place of prosperity and abundance versus lack and scarcity. Okay. So I had a gentleman the other day I was in a restaurant with having a meeting with a gentleman. And when I got into the restaurant, the guy was reading the menu from right to left. And I used to do that. And what he's looking at is he's looking at the prices in the menu first before he makes a decision of what he wants to eat. And I asked him, I said, are you open to some feedback? Because he wanted to talk to me about how he could become more financially successful. And I wanted to show him a blind spot of what he was not aware of consciously, just a habit he had of something like that. So he was quite offended when I, when I pointed out to him. Then I said, you know what, let's make an inquiry into this and look into this. 
where did that come from? And so through some self-discovery and reflection, he realized he learned it through his environment by his mother and father growing up. Mm. And so he was confronted with it at first and a little bit embarrassed, right? Because he's a perfectionist. He's a financial advisor right now, but he wants to build his financial portfolio and build his client list as a financial advisor to become a financial planner. Mm-hmm. Then his own, own workers down the road. But he didn't realize that when he's with a lot of clients, he's doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. I was just somebody who shined the light on it. So I hugged and slugged him, maybe <laughs> kissed and kicked him, give him some support and challenge. But in the end, give a gift to really see a blessing in disguise for him. I love it. All right, Darren, we are going to our first game. Some uh, podcasts, they do the regular sponsorships and whatever. Now, I do ridiculous games, okay? So mm-hmm. this is Truth and dare which Got one you, which one would you like first uh let's go let's go truth all right truth what's one thing that's holding you back from success today uh not uh not getting out of the way myself in regards to building more teams because i'm used to being a solo entrepreneur and so the big thing now is now in 2018 here now is now building teams and working more on the business and in the business and i've hired i just recently hired a full-time director of operations yes and that's a big thing Outstanding. All right, now time for your dare. Just do it! And this is a game called Sing in the Blank. We play it here at our stadium. I will play the beginning of a song, and then when it stops, you have to finish that song lyric. All right, are you ready sure, for this dare? Have you ever sang on a podcast yet? First time. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And this is this theme is going towards your persistence, all right? So it's going towards your persistence in life. Here we go. Understand, lift you up, gonna let you down. Good song. Yes, never gonna give you up and turn Rick, around. Rick Ashley. It's Rick, Rick Ashley, isn't it? You got it, nailed it. All right, beautiful. You have passed. <laughs> you have passed truth and dare. Excellent. And <laughs> only one singing, never gonna give you up on the show. So that was awesome. All right. So I don't know how we can go from that, but we're going to go to another segment, which I like to call Love It or Leave It. And I'm making it different for you, Darren. All right. You're just getting all the, you know, the tricks and, and changes to the show. Usually what we do is I name a business or an entrepreneur and the, and the guest will say whether they love it or they leave it. All right. But I'm going a different route. As a coach, I'm going to list a few things that I think you should leave in your life or potentially habits that you should bring into your life, all right? They can be short little things. So an example, like, I believe everyone should stop watching the news. I think they should leave it because it starts negativity. You know, I believe you should leave your cell phone out of the bedroom in the morning. You know, you know, just things like that. So what are some things, habits, that if you're coaching someone, you said they should either love it, bring it in their life, or they should leave it and put it out of their life? Right. So regards to the news, I had a chance to work with a, one of the billionaires I've worked with. And he watched the news all the time, read all the newspapers. And what he did, he was quite a, a spiritual religious guy. He looked at whenever he saw negative news on the internet or on TV or the newspapers, that was his to-do list from God to go out and solve these problems for the masses. So he took negative news, so he reframed it as mindset. Okay. Are there any other so other habits that you either love for someone or you would leave? You bet you, I would say uh, you've got to leave people that are around you that are negative. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. All right. So leave negative people. Anything else that a habit that someone should love or leave in their life? 
I would say spend time with date nights and, and, and self-care time for yourself. It's very important that you spend so much time with yourself. Make sure you schedule that time in your calendar. Perfect. All right. Outstanding. All right. We've got through our first segments. Now we're going into the find your yellow tux lightning rounds. Now, find your yellow tux is how to how to become successful by standing out. So I'm going to share a few things from the book and I want you to share your experiences. So the first one is the mirror moment chapter. I believe that everyone goes through a moment in their life where they look back and they're like, you know what? This is frustrating a bit me about my life. This is really giving me challenges and I'm going to make a change. What was your mirror moment? No one was coming to rescue me. When I realized that I was down and out, that I had to take care of myself, that no one was coming to save me or rescue me. Okay, beautiful. And then what did you do? I took action. I got out of myself and I took massive action. And I went and got a job in sales, learned how to knock on doors and phone call. And then that built my self-confidence and self-worth by getting rejected. And, and that was a key thing for me that today I still use 25 plus years ago. I still use those same skills I learned many years ago. Oh, love it. Love it. All right. Small bets. I think everyone's successful business owner takes some small bets in their life, little things that they do to become successful. What were some small bets that you made that maybe other entrepreneurs, business owners could take to be successful? Always invest in yourself. You know, set a budget every year, a financial budget. You're going to take training courses, seminars, workshops, conferences, hire a coach, mentor, mastermind groups. But always be leveling yourself up and expanding yourself. Because formal education will earn your living. Self-education will earn your fortune, as Jim Rohn always said. Love it. Love it. Investing you. Yeah, I know. 100%. And the next one, simplify. If you can make things – I love this quote I put in my book. If you can make things simple, you can move mountains. Steve Jobs said this. And everything – I think most successful people simplify them their life. What are some practical tips that you could use to simplify a business or your life? So if you're an entrepreneur, you're self-employed, only work on revenue-generating activities or income-producing, delegate to a virtual assistant or assistant. If you're an employee and you want to earn more in your job or career, look at tasks that you don't like doing, housekeeping, grocery shopping, washing your car, cleaning your vehicle gas, and get some of your neighborhood community to do that for you so it frees up time, reduces stress, and you can enjoy more quality time with what matters most in your life. Oh, it's outstanding. All right. Now this segment, Crazy Train. Darren, I think everyone has some things that people would say are a little bit crazy uh, in their business, in their life. What are some things that you've done that people would say is a little crazy as you built up your brand? Well, I was uh, living here in Canada and I actually, uh, back in 2007, I actually borrowed $1,900 for a friend of mine on his credit card. And I flew from Canada to London, England to meet a guy who was an executive in a large bank over in the United Kingdom. And I arranged to have a 15-minute meeting with him face-to-face with no guarantee, no contract, just a conversation to build a relationship with him. And then after a 15-minute meeting, it was actually 22 minutes, I actually flew back to Canada. So I went from continent to continent, 19 hours of flying within 24 hours to meet a guy face-to-face. And seven months later, he hired me to work with his financial services company in London, England. So I'm willing to get on a plane and fly anywhere on the planet to meet with a decision-maker face-to-face. In fact, I just did it in, from Vancouver to Toronto, Canada. I flew across Canada for an hour and a half meeting to meet a guy at the airport in Toronto. And then flew back to Vancouver the same day. So... So nine hours of flying for a one and a half hour lunch meeting. Wow, I love it. And I want to jump into here and dive dive in on this. It sounds like no matter what, throughout your whole life, you've been able to just continually invest in your development and your success. But my question for you is like, what if for those people that don't have the money or can't say, hey, I could pay $5,000 for this or $10,000 for this, you know, what do you advise there? Well, first off, we don't have money problems a lot of life. We have thinking problems. It's all perception. And the key thing is how to get more money is by solving problems in your community. Just take a look at your own space where you live. I'm sure there's stuff that you've got 
clutter that you can actually sell online or have a yard sale or garage sale. You know, there's times back in the early 1990s when I had no money, I was flat broke financially, but I wanted to go to course. And I was living in a small community. We didn't even have an international airport. A garage sale, I would go knock on doors. I would talk to people. I was way out of my comfort zone. But I'd find ways to solve problems that provide massive value in exchange for financial monetary gain as a win-win situation. And I would use that money to go out and invest in myself. So there's always a way if you're committed. You know, if you're a mother or father right now and you've got a sick child that comes home from school and you're you're living paycheck to paycheck and you don't have the money to buy the medicine at the pharmacy, you're going to find a way to get get your sick kid help and support. So you've got to be resourceful. You've got to make requests. You've got to get into action. And you got to do whatever it is. And you got to avoid looking good and the fear of looking back. you just got to be intentional with your decision and go for it and make it happen. And that's what it is, is how committed are you to really leveling up, up and scaling up and making a difference in your life. Because here's the thing, never assume that you're not being observed. And when you're doing that, people watch and observe you and think, wow, I've invested in that person because they have a determination to always win but then never give up and never quit on themselves. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, our final question in the Find Your Yellow Tux round, it's called the Hello World Moment. Hello. What moment has created the most attention for your brand? What one thing? I would say... You know, when I, when I talk about my backstory, when I talk about the, the, the fears, the doubts, the worries, the insecurities, I talk more about my failures than my success because the majority of the population can relate more to failure than they can success. They, if I told about the private islands and things I'm doing now in terms of success, most people, that, that's way out of their grasp of, of, of trying to make sense of that. But when I talk about being homeless and living on the streets and being financially broke and being upside down and and anxiety and wanting to quit the negative self-talk, People resonate with that more than success. Wow. Yeah, I was homeless for a period of time living on welfare. I used to eat out of a garbage dumpster as my next meal. Wow. And how old were you? I was in my early 20s. When that happened, I, I invested into a startup company, and I didn't do any research or due diligence. I didn't know anything about it. I was elated. Met two guys at a birthday party, and uh, I co-signed all their loans and all their lines of credit. And I did a GSA, which is called a general security agreement with the bank, which means they collateralized all my assets that I had. And 120 days later, the bank called the demand loan. And they, they had the collection calls and stuff. It was going to a different address and a different landline back in that time. And so they hired a bailiff to come out and find me through skip searching, skip tracing. And they found me, repossessed my car, froze my bank up, my rent checks bounced, all my utility bills back then. And I was evicted from where I lived. Went to my immediate family and said, you know, you should have went out and got a real job, not being an entrepreneur. Because back then when I started being an entrepreneur, it was kind of like telling people you're a vegan or a vegetarian. It wasn't sex. Oh, you're one of those people. You're one of those entrepreneurs. Right? Today, entrepreneurship is more socially acceptable in most cultures around the world. But back 10, 15, 20 years ago, you're one of these oddballs if you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so I learned uh, learned a lot of street smarts being on the streets home, homeless for a few months. And uh, I was only one of, the, was one of the only guys that ever came back to the welfare office and actually uh, attempted to repay back all the money plus 10% interest. And the government could not take my wealth or, or could not take my money because I wanted to get a handout, not a handout. And because they were, they were government, they couldn't accept money back from uh, these citizens. So I took that money and I went to a real estate agent at Remax and I talked to him and he actually ended up helping me go get my first apartment to live in because I was being sued by the bank. So I couldn't give 12 post-dated checks back. And so, uh, uh a lot, of, a lot of learning, a lot of adversity. That's why I'm affected with people now is because of adverse failures and frustrations. And I've been, I've been up and down a number of times. So when people say, hey, I'm struggling financially, listen, I've been there. I, I can relate where I've, uh, you know, I was living hour to hour, not paycheck to paycheck. 
Wow. I love that. And I heard you recently say, you know, you can't prescribe before you diagnose. You bet you have prescription before diagnosis is called malpractice in the medical industry. So a lot of people in business or in sales, you know, they're at a trade show or a conference or they're out selling at some a networking event. And what they're doing is they're prescribing before they're diagnosing. They're not pre-qualifying the person in front of them or over the phone or through the air. And what happens is if you prescribe before you diagnose in the medical industry, it's malpractice. So you've got to... You gotta learn to listen, ask questions, and become curious people. You know, one of the things is like myself, I'm a successful person, you're a successful person. I hate being pitched or sold. I want to be educated and informed. Yes. So I get approached daily, multiple people a day around the world pitching as an investor, and we're good at raising a lot of capital. And people pitch all the time. I said, listen, build a relationship first. Mm-hmm. Don't just pitch me. Because I'm just going to delete you or blow you off. Um, that's perfect. And I think yeah, that's a great segue. You, say, you listen and ask questions. And I, I'm fascinated by questions. And so this is question time. And I believe if you want better answers in business, you need to ask better questions. You know, what are some of the best questions you're asking these days? So I was asking when I first meet them, I said, you know, let's just tell you, I just meet Jesse. I said, hey, listen, can I, would it be okay if I ask you a personal question? Yeah. And all of a sudden it goes quiet. Like, okay, what, what are you asking? Right? And I said, Jesse, I'm just curious. What would be the best way? for me to contribute to your life. What do you need? What are you working on? What problem you want to solve right now? What do you need support with? What do you need help with? And the number one consistent answer nine out of 10 times is I don't know. Mm. But it's a way to develop a deeper meaning connection because if that person is going to a public event or they're going to a networking event or a trade show or a seminar, they're going to solve some problem. You know, they may be single, they're looking for a relationship or the date, they're looking to raise capital for their business, they're looking for a job or career transition or a change, they're looking to release some weight. They're looking to relocate. There's some kind of thing they're looking perseverance to solve or, or to change about themselves. And so I want to dig deeper and you know give them a return on investment if I can to find out how can I, through my network of people, my intellectual knowledge, my resources, my library I've built in my home with all the books I've read over the years, is there something I can leave this person that can advance? I'll give you an example. So yesterday I was on Facebook and a lady posted, I've got 5,000 friends on my private Facebook channel. And this lady posted that she wanted to make this little girl who's nine years old. Her dream come true because she's going through a kidney transplant at nine years of age. Well, I don't know this woman. This woman follows me on social media. We've never met before. Then I called uh, a CEO of a company who manufactures clothing for kids um, and manufactures their clothing. And now we're getting a sponsor with her little, uh, little princess gown. And she's going to get this little princess ball for the day. She's nine years old. Wow. And we got it all done in 15 minutes. Wow. And so now, many, I'm resourceful, but I just reached out to a stranger. I don't even know this woman. Yeah. And so many people are afraid to ask. I think that's a quite, that's that's a challenge. They're afraid to ask uh, for help. Well, consider this. For every question that you don't ask, the answer is no. And when you make a request, only one of three things will happen. Step one is people will accept the request. Step number two is they'll decline the request. Or step number three is they'll counteroffer the request. If we go back to step number two, decline the request, most times when you go into a business – and you make a request for a complimentary upgrade, like in a you know airline, or you make a request for a complimentary dessert or a complimentary appetizer or a complimentary cup of coffee, that employee doesn't want to get in trouble, so they decline the request because there's policy procedures in the company. Mm-hmm. But when you just play the game, say, hey, I'm going to make a request, and people either accept it, decline it, or counteroffer it, you'd be amazed how many times people will say yes to you uh, and accept it. I love it. All right, we'll keep moving on. I'll let you actually go to flip the script here where you become the host of Business Done Differently, and I'm your guest, so you get to ask one question. What has been the greatest experience you've had so far wearing your yellow uh, tuxedo and hat? 
<laughs> That's an easy one. It was when I proposed to my wife in front of a sold-out stadium in the yellow tuxedo. Wow. I stopped the game wow. in the middle of the game, the eighth inning, uh, and I dropped to a knee. And in front of the 4,000 people, I had the ring inside a baseball. I opened up the baseball, and she said yes. And we had fireworks go off in the stadium and literally delayed the game for like 25 minutes. The players are like, are we ever going to play again? I'm like, this is the only time I got a chance to ask my wife to marry. So uh, that, that was definitely a moment in my yellow tuxedo. No matter how many sellouts and wins, that moment I'll never, ever forget. So great question. <laughs> Excellent. That is awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. All right. Now that's what I call service, Darren. Uh, you've been all over the world traveling. What's the one of the best service experience that's really stood out to you? You know, big, big thing for me, I was stationed one day in my rental car, and it was on a Friday afternoon, and I was getting gas. It was, uh, it was full service. And this guy came up to me and said, why don't you, uh, you know, today's Friday. We're handing out free roses to all the men that get gas today. And he said, why don't you go inside the gas station and just, just ask for your rose, and they'll give it to you. And what it was was it was an upsell for me to go into the convenience side of the gas station to look at magazines or junk food or motor oil. And it was so cool. And I, I loved it that they were being go-givers, not go-getters. Mm. And so they were lined up with all these men coming home on a Friday to fuel up with gas to get a rose to take home to their wife or their girlfriend or their date that night. And I thought it was a great strategy in regards to marketing because all these men, you know, they're in trouble throughout the week or something's going on and want to surprise their girlfriend or wife or partner. And this business is a lost leader. They went out and bought the rose from some flower shop. And they give them out complimentary that day. Uh, that was just brilliant in terms of act service. Wow. Nice, nice touch. Excellent. All right. Tool time. Uh, now, Darren, what's the most important tool you have in your business toolbox? My calendar. <laughs> Scheduling my calendar. And only my calendar. Simple, brilliant, and important. That's valuable. All right. Last, last two segments here, Darren. Favorites. Very intrigued by this with successful entrepreneurs. What's the favorite part of your morning routine? Uh, my daily routine, my daily rituals. So first thing I do is start off with an attitude of gratitude, count my blessings in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are non-negotiables. I read them of 10 pages a day. I journal every morning. So deal my daily, my first three hours of my morning, I calendar it, I schedule it, and it's non-negotiable. I have certain daily habits I do every day that are non-negotiable, and I, I do not compromise them. Mm, love it. What about the favorite way to unwind at the end of the day? Hot shower. <laughs> hot shower, sauna, steam room, hot tub to prepare myself for bed, for sleep time. So I always reward myself with a hot shower, steam room, or sauna, or a hot bath. Wow. All right. A, a recent book that stands out for you? Principles by Ray Dalio. Yeah. Excellent. Outstanding. All right. What about a favorite business conference that you've attended? You know what? Uh, the I would say Tiger21.com. Just the collective intelligence and the brilliance of these men and women in the room, just mind expanding. Outstanding. I'll check that, put that in the link notes. And then magic moment. This magic moment. What is one moment you'll never forget, Darren? Uh, my first trip uh, going over to Africa, the African continent, and actually seeing third world country for the first time and realizing that everything in a first world country in North America, for example, that we complain about, mm-hmm. other people on the other side of the planet are praying about. And so now when I look at things that I'm going through in my life, in business or personal life, I say, that's a first world problem. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. I'm sure your gratitude improved dramatically after that trip. That's it. Absolutely. All right. Final four, Darren. We'll finish here. The final four every show. What, what is one thing you've done to stand out in business and in life? 
giving massive action, uh, getting attention in a way that is coming from a serving perspective. So rather than trying to take or going in what's in it for me, how can I provide value? So what I used to example quickly is I would go meet with CEOs. I'd call up the gatekeepers and the secretaries and so on. I'm willing to pay $500 cash to meet with the CEO for a one-hour lunch meeting, and I'll pay for lunch. Mm. And so I'm willing to pay up front for the CEO's time to have a meeting to build a relationship to sell them corporate training services. Awesome. And what is some advice you would give someone else to stand out in business and life? Key thing is uh, you're either memorable or forgettable, so be a go-giver, not a go-getter, mm. and find ways to provide value to people first before taking something. Build personal relationships. Outstanding. And the final two, Darren, what's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, best advice I've ever received is number one, set written goals and have a plan for where you plan to go in your life. Write it down and document and look at it daily and write it out daily. Outstanding. And finally, Darren, how do you want to be remembered? Someone who has only cared and someone who made a difference in humanity and someone who paid the rent. I believe that I'm a consumer. I'm a taker on this planet. I'm always using natural resources. So my way of paying rent is doing humanitarian philanthropy services. So knowing I made a difference through my contributions to making the world a better place. Oh, outstanding. Darren, this was great. You have succeeded on business done differently. You've won the show. My question for you is how can people learn more? <laughs> how can people learn more and connect with you? Obviously, unbelievable amount of wisdom shared here. How can people reach out to you and connect? You know what? You can follow me on social media or learn more about me. Just go to DarrenJacklin.com, D-A-R-R-E-N-J-A-C-K-L-I-N.com, or just Google Darren Jacklin. It will take you right to all our social media sites or DarrenJacklin.com. Outstanding. And Darren, thank you so much for being on the show. Seriously, unbelievable amount of wisdom shared. I know our listeners will enjoy. Thank you again. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Business Done Differently. Our goal is simple, to inspire you to think different, have fun, and stand out in business and in life. For more ways you can stand out in your business, visit findyouryellowtux.com and you can get the Yellow Tux Handbook for free with the six steps to stand out directly from the Find Your Yellow Tux book. Finally, a big shout out to Podcast Pilot for producing the show and making all the magic happen. For questions, ideas, and feedback, I'd love to hear from you. So shoot a note to jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.